Yo, 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 this is M. Izzle with S. Izzle for the L. Mezzanine Productionsle. We're going to talk about my boy, Zhivago, and Fun Home, because lesbians, Russia, match me in heaven. Uh, hi, this is Sarah, and that um, really cool, unfamiliar voice is uh, Marie Sabelle, who is new to the podcast. And Marie Sabelle and I are not related. We just uh, live in the same house, and I saw her have um, come out of my mom's vagina. <laughs> she thinks I'm cool because I'm the niece of Tupac Shakur. So. Yeah. Little known fact. So, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so Marisabella is here joining us. Thank you, Marisabella, for joining us. Norma is uh, running a 5K marathon. <laughs> no. Norma is tweaked out of her mind in Grand Central. <laughs> she doesn't know how to get home. So, <laughs> so we tweaked, wish you the best. What does tweak to me? Like, drugs, crack. Oh, okay. Like Ophelia when she was singing all those songs. <laughs> that <laughs> was tweaked. Nice, nice theater reference, Marisabella. Good job. We're, we're off to a good start. Noise. Thanks. You're um, welcome. So, yeah, so today we're going to talk about uh, Dr. Shivago, which we both saw together, and Fun Home, which Marie Savelle should is forever in my debt um, for letting me. What? What? <laughs> Marie Savelle is forever in my debt because I let her see it with me. That makes sense. Um, so, Marie Savelle, what, how are you going to make it up to me? I am. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, Marisabelle is kind of basically like my backup when Mar- when Norma's not free because we both I'm have better. such crazy lives. Um, maybe one of these days Norma will join us and we'll have a threesome or something. But... Again. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, Dr. Shivago, we saw last week. Um, it's based on a novel from the 1950s by Russian author Boris Pasternak. And it's about, a, it's basically a love story of, with adultery and war and all sorts of crazy stuff set against the Russian Revolution. He's a poet. He's yeah, he's poet. like, uh, so he's a doctor and a poet He and an orphan. He's like the perfect, like, hero. The perfect husband, if you ask me. Uh, he, yes, he marries, um, but of course, and then he meets Lara, who is this also This young revolutionary. Married, young revolutionary girl who's married to another revolutionary. His name is Pasha. And his name is Pasha. We're going to talk a lot about him. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, and so they have basically an affair going on. In the middle of uh, World War One, and and the show uh, does a really good job of charting the progress of the revolution. I thought that was really interesting because, um, you know, I I would love to learn more about it. Um, but you know, it, one of the things it does really well is show how these revolutionary ideas, these like socialist um, mo- movements and stuff from the 1910s. Uh, turn and warp into dictatorships and war and um, military regimes and all that stuff, um, all the way up through Stalin, basically. Stalin is kind of the last figurehead in the musical that we see. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, it made me want to learn more about the history too. But mind you, you don't have to be a history major to enjoy this show. You don't have to know all of the the facts and yeah. figures and the timeline. Yeah. Um I I read like sixty to eighty pages of the book. Um and it didn't help me at all because that was covered in like the first two minutes of the show <laughs> so 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 much for that <laughs> um I tried to like finish it but it's like 500 pages long um and you can't really do that when you're seeing like five Broadway shows a week if not more like seven <laughs> show off <laughs> yeah but um yeah so what, what did you think about it Marisol? I had fun I didn't think it was going to be very good um Really? <laughs> really. Well, um, I had I, my hopes up. I work with some theater people, and one of them told me that they saw the show the night before I did and said that it was terrible. So I was kind of bracing for the worst, but it was actually pretty nice. Um, uh-huh. the, there were parts that were kind of boring, but I thought the music was very luscious. The sexual tension between Zhivago and Lara uh, mm-hmm. kept me kept my attention yeah um i and also the set design was pretty incredible um they use a lot of fire lots yeah of fire. and um we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that but like um so i think most people who would go who are interested in the show are probably like from the literary crowd they've probably read the book or seen the movie maybe yeah and like they're... the quotes that they have in front of the <clears throat> theater are quotes from the book Oh really? Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't see those, but um, and and it's probably a lot of like women too looking mm-hmm. for like a romance, and I think that's why on the poster the advertising for it is is I guess Lara's face mm-hmm. as opposed to Doctor Shivago. It's like you're trying to identify with the woman in mm. the city, um, and like side note. Uh, like, women in their 30s and 40s make up most of Broadway audiences. So I think, it's, it, you know, that's kind of, like, a very purposeful tactic to get women to go. Um, and, yeah, the romance, I think, is uh, was strong in the first act, and then it kind of gets a little drawn out in the second. It's It's a <laughs> little bit, like, the... The anticipation doesn't really pay off. They don't. They don't <laughs> kiss until the second act. Sorry, spoiler. But um, and, and even the kiss is kind of anticlimactic. Like they haven't seen each other in many, many years, and he walks into her place of employment. And I was like, "Yo, what up?" And then they kiss. And I was like, "Okay, great." And then they just start having the affair right away after that. It was like, oh, "Yeah, okay. it, the, yeah." The timing was really, really strange. Like. There, yeah, there's all this build-up, which I think worked in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? There's, like, all this sexual chemistry because he's a doctor working in the Army, and she volunteers as a nurse uh, initially to look for her her husband, who is also enlisted. Um, but, you know, she, she and Javago work in the same place, and they're, they're totally hot for each other. <laughs> um, and, and there's, like, one song in particular at the end of... At the end of Act One, uh, where they kind of profess their love to each other mm-hmm. through the love letter of another soldier, and that song um, totally got me like tingly and stuff. It was good. 
But <laughs> can you talk more about tingly, sir? Yeah, tingly is uh, basically a euphemism for what happens when your mom and dad want to have babies. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So you only and, get tingly thinking about your mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and and it also helps that you have Tamu too. Who I mean, I was I was talking to Norma about it. Like I want to know, or did I talk to you about it too? Like I want to know what it feels like to walk down the street with Tamu Two's face because it's just like so chiseled, chiseled and striking. Like I feel like if I saw him walking down the street, I would take a, I would have like a double glance. tingle, a double tingle. <laughs> no, not double tingle, but like a double. I would do a double take. Like I, <laughs> I would just like stare and be like, "Who is like how?" Why? How? How do I get a piece of that? <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's, so Tamu too, he's kind of like a, he's a British import, he's hot stuff over there, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a big deal when he joined the show and moved across the pond. Um, the other male protagonist is uh, Paul Nolan Alexander, who played Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar a few years ago, and also wrote... <laughs> All right, so let's acknowledge the obvious. We have a cat in between us, and even though she didn't see Zhivago, she also has opinions about it. So don't mind if she comes in a couple of times. Yeah. Um, yeah, Paul Nolan Alexander, Jesus, he replaced Arthur Darvill in Once. Um, I didn't see that, but I saw Jesus Christ Superstar. And he was, like, really freaking good. He has, a like, a dan- He has definitely, like, the best number in the yes. show, which yes. is... Like a Russian dance where where he's preparing to leave for the war, and uh, he has this like hilarious little song. Um, it's great. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. The dancing schools are so top notch, and it was so much fun. It was so much fun that that uh, dance number. Yeah, I'm a sucker for those. I love. Like spam a lot when they <laughs> when they make um, when they make fun of Fiddler on the Roof and I love Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, so I was just about great. to say <laughs> it's just perfect. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, the the second act definitely kind of like Lagged. drags, and and then there's there's so much going on, but not enough action on stage, like. People are just kind of standing and singing for a lot of the time. And I feel like, okay, A, we can cut this song. Or B, you could, like, give me something more. Like, give me a little more like get, put choreography. Some, put or, some action within the song. Yeah. Or use the ensemble to to liven it up a bit. Because when they just stand and sing like that, it, it makes me think of a concert. Yeah, and then it it starts to kind of sound like the same song over and over again. Oh, my God. Um, So, yeah, like, there's nothing to differentiate the Mm -hmm. action. Um, And I might even say there was too much singing. I think there could have been more dialogue and to just, like, speed it up. The show was, like, two hours and 40 minutes or something, which is, like, lay mis length. Um, That's okay, I guess, but... It's okay know. if you keep us entertained. Yeah, if you keep us energized, I guess. Um, and the last thing I wanted to talk about with Javago, unless you wanted to talk about it. 
Well, is, maybe we want to talk about the same thing. Oh, okay. Is it violence? Yeah, it's it's the violence. High five. Uh, there's, there is, uh, this show has, like, L- lots of very, guns. Yeah, lots, lots of, of guns, guns. And very uh, loud. They're very loud. Yeah, lots of explosions. All, all, the, all the old people sitting around <laughs> me were jumping and complaining about it. Yeah? Um, yeah. Yeah, like, turning to their friends, like, oh, yeah. it doesn't have to be so loud. And I kind of agree, it doesn't have to be so loud. Oh. Um, but it, it was definitely shocking. There's a lot of violence, a lot of, like blood and guts like it, mm-hmm. like one soldier gets uh gets shot in the stomach and you see like it's pretty graphic the guts coming and out and then there's like, like another head wound that was pretty gross uh-huh. um and then and then there's also uh suicide uh on stage mm-hmm. which is really rare yeah it isn't they they didn't take any reservations about how to stage that it was Full frontal. <laughs> for, well, not full. He, I think he, the character is facing the back, right? No, no, no. I recall I recall seeing the character's face and neck and... Okay. Yeah. And there was, like, a blood, blood yeah, splatter, there was blood. too. Yeah, it was um, It was pretty, like, mature, I guess. Mm-hmm. Don't Content-wise. Obviously, um, don't forget <laughs> Um... Yeah, very mature content. So, which, you know, I, I like. I, I always think that musicals could tackle more mature content. Mm-hmm. But um, it was it was definitely shocking. And definitely not, like, a happy-go-lucky, you know, romance musical. It was mm-hmm. much more heavy than that. Yeah. I have a funny story to tell, even though it's not really mine to tell. It's Sarah's. Because Sarah was sitting next to her grandma, our grandma, we're sisters. Uh Uh, So (laughs) there was a scene where um, I was it possible? Oh no, I don't want to. I don't remember. Anyways, there was a gunshot, and my grandma, who is you know she's eighty years old, she's Mexican, she's cute as a button and fierce, fierce as hell. Um, She hears a gunshot and she goes. <laughs> and it was amazing. She yells out. She, she yells out. It's great. Oh, and another thing that I almost forgot about were the projections that are used in Doctor Zhivago. Right. I think they started off as a good idea, you know, to give historical context to the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a photograph of soldiers, a photograph of nurse, of the nurses, mm, that and like the Russian, war. the socialist propaganda, right. and like Stalin, Lenin. Right, but there were a couple of projections that I believe um, thwarted the purpose of the projections. <laughs> nice like word. there was, thank you. Um, there was one of the actress who plays Lara, her face. Yeah, Kelly um, Kelly Barrett. Kelly Barrett. She was actually really good. Yeah, I, she was. Great. I liked her a lot. She was like really real and down to like she was funky and cute and yeah, but like serious minded. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She was really good. Yeah, yeah. She came off as a pretty strong character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't need to see her face on a projection while Yuri is singing about her and how much he misses her. For right. It, it was kind of weird, especially since all the other projections were from the past, you know, yeah. not directly related to the characters in the musical. But, um, and another projection was like of this very beautiful woman and it was shown during a scene where Pasha and Lara are speaking in a bedroom and I felt... I get unnecessarily over-sexualized the scene. 
Right. Well, yeah, let's actually, can we talk about that scene for a second? Okay. Because, you know, talking about, like, the mature content in the show, right, this is also, like, another one where it it talks explicitly about child abuse and rape, right, of, Mm -hmm. of Lara when she's little, she's taken advantage of by a... Uh, lawyer who is kind of like the villain of the show in a way. Um, he, he his name is Victor. Yeah. Um, he so yeah so she she is revealing to Pasha on her wedding night that she's gotten that she's uh, not that a virgin. She's been abused right, and yeah. she's not a virgin. Um, and that was like another thing like uh, that you rarely see musicals dealing with such dark material, at least, like, so overtly, mm-hmm. you know? I'm trying, like, I, I don't know if there's anything so... I mean, like, you have something like Fiddler on the Roof, right, which deals with, like, pogroms and... What uh, is that? <laughs> like, the the eradication of the Jews oh, okay. by the Russians um, and violence and stuff, but you never really see all of that happen in front of you mm-hmm. or or get explicitly you get a hint about. of it yeah or it happens off stage or something so um i mean yeah like i i i feel good about it in a way like i feel good that these very mature things are getting talked about in the musical mm-hmm. but i i don't know it could have been done a little more creatively oh well, not not the blood and guts though the blood and guts are pretty cool but <laughs> um, but the, and the song, her song during that scene is also really striking. Hmm. Like, I, I remember that pretty vividly. Oh, like, were you comfortable with it? It was, on, on it, it made or? it very clear that, to, to me, that she and him, he, she and Pasha, aren't on the same level in terms of life experience. I feel like he's been living in his books and observing injustices. Mm. Um, while she has been directly oppressed mm. by what they're fighting mm-hmm. against. Okay. And even when, like, when they're about to make love, he's like, um, like, I'm not very experienced. I'm just as experienced as you, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, wait a second, actually. And then she tells her story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her story is very complex. It's not simply, um, he abused me, I hate him. Right, there's, there like, a, a socioeconomic... Like, Power, yeah. yeah, he he had a grip over her financially, and she also, like, in a sense, convinced herself that she was in love with him, in a sense. And shamed herself into mm-hmm. doing it, too. Yeah. Like, she felt, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, that was beautifully written, I think. That was a really well-done scene. But, yeah, I agree with you that the the projection that was cast on it was... Distracting. Yeah, distracting me. and over-sexualizing it, and... Um, yeah, it, I think it, it did the opposite of what it was supposed to do, right. which maybe was to, like, get us to feel more for Lara, but really it just kind of, like, objectified it in yeah. a way. Yeah, I agree. So now we're moving on to another book-to-musical adaptation. Yes, Yay. true that. True that. Um, Fun Home, which... Of course, is definitely a contender for best musical. It's been like super critically and socially <laughs> acclaimed, um, 
And Marisol and I are both fans of the book. We read the book before the musical came out. What, what? And we, um, <laughs> that way I'm trying, Marisol. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's a graphic novel written by Alison Bechdel. Who Bechdel, is now a genius. Yeah, an officially. official MacArthur genius. Mm-hmm. And she has also written um, cartoons like Dykes to Watch Out For. And sometimes has features on the New Yorker and things like that. So yeah. she's a pretty big deal among um, qu- queer gals who know their art. Yeah, um, yeah. She and the book is phenomenal. It's this like beautiful autobiographical memoir about What's, yeah that? memoir. Yeah, 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 yeah. But why did I say autobiographical memoir? Okay, That's whatever. We'll cut that out. Um, um, and it's. Uh, and she's reflecting on her dad, who was a closeted homosexual and very repressive about it. And she, and and he commits suicide, um, in her, while she's in college. Shortly after she comes out as a mm-hmm. as, as a, a lesbian. lesbian, and um, and she's just kind of like think trying to piece together an accurate depiction of him, but it, it's so, you know, because he's so mysterious and, um, and repressive about his sexuality and about his, you know, about family and everything, he's, uh, it's really hard to do. Um, and so, so it's in a the really musical, a struggle. Yeah, in the musical, we see 42-year-old Alison Bechdel, um, dr- like, starting off drawing from antiques that her father collected Mm-hmm. And then um, traveling back in time, in a sense, to explore the memories that she has mm-hmm. of her father, of her first lesbian relationship coming out, um, what it was like to grow up in a funeral home, mm-hmm. because her father um, is an English teacher, but he's also the director of a funeral home. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was... And Sarah and I saw the preview at the public. Yeah, we saw a very, very early... Um, like, I guess, kind of like a lab, mm. a production of it, public lab. Yeah. Um, and it, back then it was very different. Um, I mean, I think a lot of the songs are the same and the script, but it was much longer. Um, and this production is only an hour and 40 minutes, which is unusual with a musical. And and it was just so much better than what we saw at the public lab because it was so trimmed and kind of bare bones. Everything made all the difference. Like every line had layers of meaning to it. Um, every you know, it, it was just very symbolically done. Like I talked about it a little bit with American Paris, where like because you strip away a lot of like the fluff and the silly and the I don't know like unimportant things. It, it makes the dialogue and the lines so much more important. And here, like, everything carried, like, symbolic meaning, um, emotional meaning. There Which were, is exactly were... what the graphic novel was like. Okay, so the musical yeah. isn't a copy of the graphic novel, right? No, but, not um, at all. But I believe that it served the mood, the intensity that the graphic novel had has more than the lab that we saw at the public did. When I walked yeah. out of the public, I was feeling really disappointed, and I was really scared that the musical would be a carbon copy of the previews. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was so much more... so much more nuanced, mm-hmm. and less cutesy, and... 
you know. Yeah. And and it was very literary in in the way. Like, you know, Dr. Javago was also literary in that, like, you know, there were metaphors and very poetic language and stuff like that. But this was literary in that, like, it everything had a subtext. Everything, like, it, it was, I feel like it's a critic's dream. Like, it's, <laughs> like, you could spend, you could take, like, one scene from Fun Home and analyze the shit out of it. Like, just everything, like, the lines, the staging, the lighting, um, you know, just, like, ways that they would, deliver a line it was just like really beautiful um and there because the father is an english teacher there are lots of references to to mm -hmm. books um yeah not as many definitely not as many as the graphic the graphic novel goes on i'd say i'd say colette is the star of yeah fun home which is funny because colette wrote uh gigi oh interesting yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) that's as far as my knowledge goes um yeah, it, and, you know, I can't, they, yeah, it, it was just great, and it, it was so simple, I mean, you know, we've never seen, no, no, that's not true, we have seen, like, family-centered musicals, mm-hmm. or, like, musicals that are about, like, daily life before, you know, like, Sondheim is, does stuff, <laughs> you know, very emotionally mature musicals. Yeah. Um, but I, I just felt like here, they were, I've never really seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure if that's accurate. But <laughs> yeah, in terms of important events that occurred during the musical, a lot of it, like there are maybe two or three, but mm-hmm. yet the action is still completely in the routine, how they live their everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah, it was really, really good. Um, and the audience was very attractive. Most, <laughs> most attractive audience I've ever seen. It was like going to the LGBTA. <laughs> and and there were these, like, old um, butch couples with, like, blue hair. And yeah. it, it was just wonderful. I, I felt like I was walking into to a, a lesbian feminist bookstore. Yeah. Hey, let's watch a musical. Yeah. Um... Michael Cerberus plays her dad, and he was, like, absolutely, he was phenomenal. Um, like, better than what I thought, by all means. Um, I think, like, every time, it was just so real. And that, that's another thing I wanted to bring up, because, I guess, because it's in the round, um, the, it's theater in the round, so, like, the, the stage is a, a kind of, like, circular stage, um, with the audience on all sides. Um, so it's a lot more intimate and a lot, like, you can see the entire audience and, like, no seat is really a bad seat, although we had pretty good seats. <laughs> uh, we got to see, we got to see, like, all the cool stuff um, by the exits. Hmm. Like, we got to see, like, the dead body and... Oh, um, oh, that made me feel sick. And, like... Um, Allison's face when her dad leaves them alone in the apartment. Oh yeah, that was that was pretty nice. But um, so yeah, so there was a lot of cool things. But anyway, so it's really intimate and and it allows, I think for like for a show that's a lot more realistic and like film, you know, like film acting is usually a lot more natural and a lot more realistic. Mm-hmm, because you have because, a camera to yeah, close up on everything. Exactly, yeah. So everything's close up, everything's more intimate. In theater, it's usually, like, a lot more 
exaggerated mm-hmm. and over top because you gotta project act and yeah. make sure the last row sees you. Right, exactly. So here it's like everything was so much more natural, mm-hmm. and all the line deliveries were like really just like I could I could really hear a normal person saying it. Um, nothing felt forced and. Um, and it was just really, really yeah, nice. Yeah, even the kids were incredible. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, all of the the incantations of Allison, from the child to the college to um, the 42-year-old, uh, like, uh, they were just so great. And they weren't all exactly the same. Like, you really see how their lives developed and mm-hmm. what they've learned. And, yeah, I don't know um, what the youngest, like, Tony nominee has been, but mm-hmm. I think she should be it. <laughs> She's, like pretty fantastic oh yeah um yeah and and it's faithful to the book but it still takes liberties (laughs) if you're from pennsylvania (laughs) you can see all of pennsylvania yeah you can see all of pennsylvania in fun home uh i think the only thing i missed were were some actual drawings Mm -hmm from the graphic novel because and then I don't think it would be out of place or like extra because she is a cartoonist and she is drawing for a lot of the show I would have liked to see an example of what she's drawing either like projected on the wall or on the floor or something no? No. Okay. (laughs) I think that was um, if my memory serves me correctly they showed a lot of drawings at the public right? I think so. I think they showed more, more than here. Than yeah, here. and uh, I, I think, think it worked. I didn't think it worked. No. Okay. Because then it just for big fans of the book like me, watching the musical and then seeing the the panels appear behind them just makes me instantly want to compare, and instantly want to, to critique honestly. You okay. Know? Like right. what's different from the comic and. I see. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, and the other... In this, in this production at Circle in the Square, they do have panels that appear, um, empty panels that appear on the stage and that where the live actors step into them. Oh. And I thought, oh, that was just so beautiful. That, I didn't you make didn't sense that? of that. Oh. Oh, you're smart. Thank you. Um, the, yes... Oh, see, I just thought it was like, oh, okay, they're they're in this box, box right? And they're <laughs> divided from everybody else, and so it's like an emotional mm-hmm. barrier or something. But I didn't, yeah. I didn't think of comic strips. But now you, now you've enlightened me. Um, all right. Well, I still would argue that maybe even like pre-show, they could have had something projected. Um, they do at the end. Wait, I should note that. But um, but I would have liked to see something either before or during the show. We didn't see any celebrities. Oh, yeah, right? On Facebook, I saw um, Leah Delaria from Orange is the New Black take a selfie with Alison Bechtel. And I'm like, fuck! Like, um, I just want to be in between them Yeah. <laughs> for a photo. Uh, so so <laughs> we, have, we have two um, fun home stories. Actually, it's more, I guess I have two fun home stories. Uh, so one is that Alison Bechdel, I met her in the lobby of the public. Whoop de doo, Sarah. <laughs> Living on, my dream. And uh, <laughs> I think it was the closing night of 
a fun home when it was at the public. Ian McKellen was there too, and I got to see Ian McKellen in all his beautiful glory Ooh. coming out of the men's restroom. Oh. Uh, Did he wash his hands? I don't, his hands I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but he was beautiful. And yeah, and then Allison Bechdel was uh, there, and I went up to her and was like, <laughs> like my sister and I love you. Um, that's oh, what it. did she say? Was and she awkward? Yeah, she was mad at, She was really cute and awkward. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's small. She's, like, short. Uh, <laughs> but she's great. She's a genius. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and then the second story is that the actress who plays Joan in the musical, who is uh, Allison's, like, first lesbian encounter, um, she was in... She's a regular cast member of Too Much Light Makes the Baby Go Blind, which is amazing if you guys ever, I feel like we should do a podcast just about oh, Too Much yeah. Light. Um, it's Look up New York Neo-Futurists. Yes. We will We will continue to cover that. But yeah, so she's a, a regular member of that. And, um, and Marisol and I have seen her there before. And Marisol even, like, you left a book there or something? I, I left my copy of Infinite Jest, which I never actually got around to reading. <laughs> um, I left it at a New York Neo Futurist performance, and then I um, emailed them and be like, yo, you have my book? And then they said, yeah, our cast member, Roberta, picked it up, and you can pick it up at her, at the restaurant where she works at, which I won't name because I don't She's mine. Well, she probably doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe she doesn't work she's there. Like she's a star. She's a Broadway a star. Um, so I went to the restaurant and she gave me the book and we gazed into each other's eyes and then we never saw each other again. And Sarah, hi, that's me. Uh, <laughs> went to a near future show where they were doing. Okay, so there was that viral internet video. A long time ago. Making strangers kiss each other. Making strangers kiss each other. And Too Much Light was doing a riff on that. And uh, and having strangers from the audience kiss people on stage. If you know, they cast want members, to, right? If they chose. So yeah. The cast members were Volunteers. just standing, standing in the line on stage. And the play was like, okay, if you want to kiss us, come on stage. And, yeah, and, like, actually get strangers to kiss. As opposed to, I think, the viral video, which was, like... A hoax. A hoax, yeah. And an advertisement for yeah, jeans. exactly. So, um, and and I went and I kissed Roberta. Oh, my God. Which is... Who is Joan? Who is, like, fucking hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I've kissed Joan... <laughs> I can't believe the I two am, things you talked about are both my dreams. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. So, what was the kiss like? Um, I probably don't remember. I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> and But there is proof online there should be a video of it. Yeah, let's link it up on the on the Elmez. Yeah, people can see the back of my body with my jeans and my saggy ass. Uh... <laughs> Well, that ass yeah. has had some wonderful experiences. <laughs> that ass has seen seven shows. Um, yeah. So, so I just wanted to brag. That's how it happens. That's what this podcast is for. And then we do all the professional. Then we act all professional with our writing and reviews. Back to Fun Home. Um, you know, Sarah can't spend the whole fucking time bragging. Uh, 
So, Fun Home is the first musical on Broadway to have a lesbian protagonist. What, what? So, part of Fun Home being this accolade is also that it's showing us depictions of lesbians that we don't see on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite songs in the show is called Ring of Keys. And yeah. it's when Allison and her dad are in a diner and in walks in a delivery woman who is, quote, an old school butch. And Allison just talks about these unnameable feelings that she has inside when she sees this woman feeling like they have something in common. Yeah, and even though she's like... Eight years old, nine years old. Yeah, or yeah, she's only a child, and um, she she calls her beautiful, and then corrects herself and says handsome, and she describes her clothing, dungarees, lace up boots, and that the and she says that the clothes are just right, and it's just really awesome that this butch lesbian character who you don't really there she's not played by an actress you're left to imagine her but that this character isn't the butt of a joke like um the producers i love the producers but Mm -hmm. in the song let's um make it gay Mm -hmm. like at the end there's just this butch lesbian saying make it gay make it gay Mm -hmm. and you know and she's a joke and i guess gay people in general in that musical are seen as jokes but that's something we could talk about (laughs) in our time but um yeah just to see um so many butches in the audience too and and myself i identify as kind of like a butch femme or as what some people might call a futch or, uh, <laughs> is that a real word? Um, this this older Hispanic lesbian told me like, "Oh, you're a fudge," and I was like, <laughs> "Excuse me." <laughs> All right. I, um, yeah, but other terms might be like hard femme or things like that. Anyways, um, so just to see a character, a woman who doesn't fit the standards of what is considered beautiful by society in terms of femininity. Um, just to see that character be put on this pedestal of adoration, that was really refreshing, and I thought that was one of the most touching moments of the play for me. Yeah, yeah, and like I, I think theater is no stranger to, to gay story, you know, coming out stories or gay story, but this is like a really, I think, um, I don't know, just uh. It's high profile. It's, it's like high profile, unique. It's like and it's and central and it's to a the lesbian story. too. Like you don't you don't get too many uh, lesbians in the stories on Broadway. Um, yeah, and it's a coming out story that's not two dimensional um, because there are so many layers to the family, and all of those layers, all those relationships, mm-hmm. affect their reaction to Allison coming out as lesbian. Yeah, and you have Allison's coming out, and you also basically have like the father's coming out even though he doesn't really explicitly come out he's mm-hmm. um she you know he kind of comes out through <laughs> through, through an awkward memories car drive. yeah oh my god yeah like there's there's these scenes with the dad when when things are just like not right you know where he, he's obviously repressing his sexuality like that kind of that 70s um number with the the family Family Stone or something. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it is. But, like, the, uh, basically she's, like, in her imagination and, and imagining a whole family. Her whole family is singing, like, everything's going to be all right. And, 
And uh, and then the, everyone leaves the stage except her and her dad. And the dad is just kind of like adamantly singing like, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's gonna... and, and it's very clearly like darkly disturbing and repressive. Um, so there's there's a whole different coming out story there um, as opposed to Allison's, which is a little more happy and... Um, and exciting for her. Yeah, it definitely makes you think about the generational differences mm. of LGBT people. Fun home. Amazing. Go do it. See One it. question, yes or no. Oh. Or don't care. Okay. <laughs> do you think if someone has not read Fun Home and wants to see oh. the musical, do you think that they should read Fun Home before they see the musical? Ugh. Um. I... I would say yes, only because I think it's an example of how to adapt a show, like how to adapt a script. Mm -hmm. And I think you will appreciate it even more knowing the source material, and you would appreciate it even more for, like, adapting it so extraordinarily well. Hmm. Okay. What would you say? I, I think we're on the same page. I don't think it's a requirement to read the book. Right. You know, I think you'll love the musical whether you've read Fun Home or not. Right. But, um, yeah, just, yeah, it's it's going to be so good. <laughs> yeah. Go. Just whatever, yeah, whatever your prior experience is. Unless you're, like, a homophobic person who shouldn't be on this earth anyway. The end. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, like, I, I'm sure I, a lot of gay people have gone and, like, really, really identified with it mm-hmm. because it's so personal. Yeah, I've had, I've um, had friends who come out of the theater and make their Facebook status. I've been crying for two hours straight. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't quite have that much of a visceral reaction, but, um... You know, I think it really depends on your life experience. and mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I personally really identify with, like, the, her family relationships and, like, her dad and, and trying, like, trying to figure out who her dad was and, um, and I mean, it's almost like a, a mystery, like a detective, like, you're, you're really trying, I, I think she's really trying to figure out, like, who is this guy that I lived with for half my life and never really knew? And she only has these, like, evidence, like, these materials, you know, his his letters and his, you know, um, her memories of him and his antiques and house and stuff. And, and none of it's really helping. Like, I feel like there's this frantic energy, like, she has to solve something. And whatever that something is, it's, like, very personal. And, of course, it probably doesn't just have to do with her dad but um but it's really it's really moving the Broadway, <laughs> the Broadway season's coming to a close you guys and that means I'm not gonna see any shows this week as we go on we remember <laughs> the saggy ass that went to all of those shows <laughs> alright so uh see you next time peace out bye